Hello and welcome to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here and we're so glad that you're here. We use our mojo to really become greater leaders. Now, let's get started by listening to something good. If you really want to improve as a leader, I've got a great deal for you. Simply go to mojouniversity.com and sign up for our two-week trial. Take any of my courses. I promise you, you're going to get better. You're going to learn. Go to mojouniversity.com and sign up totally for free and try us out for two weeks. And welcome everyone to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here, and I'm thrilled to introduce my special guest, Elise Oxier. Now, Elise is an ICF certified professional executive and life coach, and she's the owner of Gulf Coast, uh, Gulf Coast Coaching in Tampa, Florida. And her specialty is helping leaders understand the power of their own energy in order to create greater leadership effectiveness. And Elise is going to educate us today. And Elise, just so you know, I don't believe we've ever talked about the power of energy on our, our leadership show here. But we welcome you to the Manager Mojo Show. Thank you so much, Steve. Happy to be here. Well, awesome. And before we begin our talk about energy, I'd like for you to share, if you don't mind, what fun thing that you've been up to lately outside of work. I'd be happy to. My husband and I have two children. They are two years apart, and they both decided to get married in the same year, which was this year. <laughs> so one of them got married in June in California, and the second one just got married last month in Hawaii. So it's we've been very busy with weddings around here, and it's been lots of fun. Oh, that's wonderful. Congratulations, and uh, it's always a historic event to, to get those daughters married. I've had two yes. of my own, and thank, thankfully those days are long gone for me. It's a good thing. So, Elise, <laughs> yes. uh, uh, yes. it's so good to talk to you today, and I'm, I'm really intrigued to have this conversation about uh, energy and its impact on leadership. And uh, it, it, to... Before we start defining it, I'd like for you to tell num just a little background for our listeners. What really motivated you to get interested in the, the idea of how energy affected leadership? Uh, and then we'll talk more about specifics with regard to what you learned. Sure. I, I believe that I have been interested in this way before I could codify it as an interest in energy leadership. Uh, back in college, I studied philosophy, that's my degree, and I've always been fascinated by what motivates people and how they think. And I went uh, to work, as all philosophers do, in sales <laughs> when True. I graduated from college. 
So true. And my first, first I think it was because we like to hear ourselves talk myself, but that's okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> first job was cold calling in Detroit. And I did that for Xerox for two years. And I really had to dig down into my own personal energy mm-hmm. around this. Uh, anyone who in your listening audience who has done cold calling knows you very quickly either improve or you quit. Mm-hmm. There's, there's yeah. really no middle ground around I that. I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally agree. And, and I, I stayed in sales and I, I moved up and I actually went to work for what is now Covidian and sold high-tech surgical instrumentation to hospitals and surgeons providing verbal technical assistance in the operating room and I've gone on I've owned my own businesses and I've been national sales manager for international companies and all along the way I have been fascinated by either uh, watching myself personally harness my own positive or negative energy and the impact it has or being able to motivate others to do mm-hmm. more than they believed that they could. Uh, when I went to the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching, which was the culmination of a long-held dream to become a certified executive coach, and I learned about the Energy Leadership Index and the seven ways of codifying energy that we all use and that we can all tap into, and then read about the the white papers that go with it and the published accounts that say by leading your own energy and understanding it, people have much higher financial success, interpersonal success, success in work and life. And I felt intuitively I knew that from my my own life and my own path and then being able to actually help people unlock the the door with the keys to harnessing their own energy has been transformational in my business. Well, it's wonderful to hear your story because it's obvious that uh, you have lived uh, this whole journey that's brought you to this point. So let's let's talk a little bit about, uh, you mentioned these seven levels of energy. Why don't we d- start there and kind of define what we're talking about when we talk about energy. Uh, and then I'll ask, ask you some other questions regarding to how it affects our leadership. When we talk about energy, w- without getting too uh, either granular or too woo-woo, here, the, if your listeners and, and you, Steve, think about it, everything's made up of energy in the world. If we had an electron microscope and we could drill down on everything we're looking at, it's all made up of particles of energy. And Certainly so Einstein we. said that. I don't, nobody Einstein, can argue that's, that. That's exactly right. That's what, and that's where this comes from. And our thoughts have energy. To them, and this has been proven as well. And when we realize that we can harness our own thoughts and put them to work leading the energy that we have available to us, then we can become much more effective uh, in our day to day lives. 
so many of us go through life just proceeding out of habit or default mode. And once we get mindful around, gee, what I, what might I want to choose here to do mm-hmm. with my energy, then then we can get different results. If we change who we're being, that changes what we're doing, and then that subsequently changes the results that we get. And so, I certainly like we, that. That I love that uh, that thought process about that we do think about it and then we can change it. That's good. Go ahead. Yes, because because that is the results that we get once we our framework that we view the world. If I put on a pair of pink glasses, the world looks pink to me. If I take those off and I put on a pair of blue glasses, now the world looks blue. And if we apply that to our ability to be mindful around our choices that are in front of us, we can change the reality that we're living in just by changing the glasses that we're framing it up with. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. And and I have to say, Elise, that uh, I would love to get a a pair of those glasses and give them out to everybody that I saw today. Uh, I just got off an airplane a couple hours ago. And I have to tell you, uh, the, the negative energy that people bring to an airport is staggering. Uh, mm-hmm. They act like that, they, uh, that they're the only people in the world that's ever had to go through lining up, getting on an airplane, waiting for the pilot to take off, all of those things. And their frustration is so apparent, but it, it's their energy uh, affecting it or their mind and attitude toward that is really incredibly evident to me. And so when I knew we were going to be talking about energy, I was thinking, man, you know, what a great topic to talk about. Because we have so many examples of, of the negativism. But what about positive? What, what do we do that can affect the world around us in a positive way? And I think leadership, by and large, talks about uh, we want to inco- uncover ways to motivate and encourage people. So what have you discovered uh, in this topic of energy that's going to maybe throw us a tidbit for those of us that are really struggling with how we can really energize our own team and therefore ourselves? Yes. It is defined by conflict is the core thought, the core emotion we feel is anger, and the core result is defiance. And it sounds like you were bathed in level two energy around you <laughs> at the airport. I was. I saw spouses yelling at each other and trying to get their bags and throwing stuff around. I'm like, holy smokes, people, relax a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that, that, is, that is full on level two, where if you think of it in terms of winning and losing, it's I'm going to win, I win, and you lose. And this, unfortunately, is very prevalent in the corporate world today, too, where it's this kind of directive, power-oriented management style that we can beat people into working harder, but we're never going to win their hearts and minds and get the best out of people with this kind of management style. And and you called it level two, and it's confrontational and uh, yes. authoritative. Is that a, a way to? Is that accurate to say it that way? Yeah, authoritative meaning judging and judging. really okay. controlling. Yes, 
it Got is it. the 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 level below that is one of powerlessness which is apathy lethargy again if you think of it in terms of winning and losing it's i lose i always got it lose. got it so and level two is much more energized than level one there's a, you you've jacked yourself out of apathy and woe is me and now you're thinking okay who am i going to take down to move up Got it. And these Got are the it. two lowest levels of energy. We see them all around us, and I think we've all been in these more times than we probably would care to admit, <laughs> particularly <laughs> when we're under stress. Well, especially so, if you've made an hour of cold calls and you got no results from it, I can guarantee you that. Uh, it, it, it's easy to slide into that. It sure it's is. It's easy to slide into that. So let's say, let's say we did do an hour of cold calling, and we're feeling, woe is me. Or we're feeling angry. Why do I even have to do this? How come people are so mean? Why does that screen tear up my business card right in front of me? Uh, you know, all of these things. Now, here's the real power of energy leadership. There are levels three through seven, which take you out of this kind of defeating, draining, catabolic energy. And these become more and more progressively anabolic and fueling as we go up through them. And level three might be, how can I take responsibility for what's happening to me right now? Maybe I can kind of look around and forgive some of these people for being so upset, like at the airport. Maybe they just had a really bad day. Maybe they're mm -hmm. going through a funeral. The core action and result, again, if we think about our doing, being, result sequence, the core result of that is cooperation. How, how can I get, make us kind of get along with our winning and losing? It's I'm going to win. And if you win too, that's great. But, you know, I'm going to win here. The level above that is level four is concern, compassion and service to others. Again, I think your listeners might resonate with this. A lot of people are real givers and they think about how can I go out and help other people? And when we go out and help other people, what happens to our mental framework and our emotional framework? So true. We always feel better. Mm -hmm. We always no feel better when we go out and help somebody else. Now I've stopped thinking about me and my problems and my anger, and I'm out in service of someone else. L moving up into level five, it's, it becomes all about opportunity. We're both going to win. Again, is our winning and losing paradigm there. We're both going to win in level five. My emotion is more of peace, and the result is acceptance. It's okay. It's all okay. So I'm standing at the airport, and I'm watching spouses throw bags. <laughs> and, and if I wanted to step into a level five around that, I might think, what's the opportunity for me here? How can I make this a better situation you know maybe i can walk over and help them with their bags do a little level four for a minute but i it was level five that took me up into this thought process rather than aren't those people jerks they're mm -hmm. just terrible because now i'm down there with them once so i start true. thinking like that yeah Again, these levels, we cycle through these like the Dow Jones has been lately, up and down, up and down, and we all go through these. When we understand 
what level we're in, and this is what I work with my clients on. I help them, and we go through a few sessions of understanding what are the seven levels and how can you tap into these at will so that when you find yourself in a stressful situation and and feel yourself sliding into a level or one or a level two response to stop and take a breath and think, what other level might I try to borrow some some mojo <laughs> from, mm-hmm. some energy from, so that I can move this forward. I can lead this energy in the direction that I want for the outcome that I desire. I love that. I love that. And, and uh, you mentioned five. What are those top two, the six and seven levels? Six and seven are very high levels. Six is a, a synthesis where it's everyone always wins. And the, the core emotion is joy. And the result is, is absolute wisdom around it. it. It's kind of like a oneness, a fearlessness, that you feel like you are in the slipstream with, with the universe. I think we've all had this, at least flashes of this, where we feel just at one with the world, we're really accessing our intuition, we can focus on the, the whole of a situation. And in this level, the understanding is that problems don't really exist. There are only opportunities to observe and experience. And if that's not esoteric enough for you, level seven, <laughs> is is really Zen master stuff of winning and losing are an illusion. There is no winning and there is no losing. It's being in a state of complete non-judgment and absolute passion. I, I think of it as probably what people think of as nirvana or this transcendent kind of energy that people who meditate a lot can really tap into and there are different portals of getting up to this this is not a practical energy level for our day-to-day interactions but it's an aspirational level for us to be able to tap into as we talked before a new pair of glasses to see if if winning and losing truly are an illusion in life, then what is possible? How can I be that fearless around what it is that I aspire to? Well, it's a it, it's a great thing to aspire to, but I, I know uh, from interactions with many of the people in my audience, as well as uh, leaders in today's hectic time. Uh, they rarely have a chance to to feel that anymore. Uh, Correct. We, we live in this incredibly high-pressure environment, and uh, people, uh, they suffer from it. Not only does the leader suffer, but their people suffers from this intense pressure for, uh, as you said, uh, winning and losing. Well, I mean, in business, winning and losing is what it's about. And mm-hmm. We uh, we know we have those pressures, so it, it, and for that uh, young manager, that young CEO that's just taken over, 
what are some recommendations that you have for us to to really start to understand our own energy and how it's affecting us either positively or negatively? What are some things we can do? I think that with all of us getting clearer on what are we trying to achieve when we're managing people is very important. And we're all human. We like some of our employees better than others. Or we feel a kinship more with some of our employees. And if, if we can get to the point of really trying to step beyond that and into how can I best activate the greatness within my employee so that when they come to work, they feel understood and empowered and part of this process. If I want them to share my vision, I need to help them understand how they are participating and important. And to do that, I need to have the kinds of conversations with them that show them that I am interested in what it is that they have to contribute to this organization. That doesn't mean I'm not going to be directive at times and say, look, we've got to get this out by this time frame. You know, here, here are the parameters. This is what we've got to do. But then the follow-up question is, how can you contribute? What ideas do you have that can make this work? And then really listen to people and help them cultivate their greatness. At least I think so many of us... Uh frankly uh, feel like we're under too much pressure and we're, we, we've just forgotten how to ask great questions and to simply sit back and listen to somebody's answer. Uh, we, don't, we don't take the time to do that. And when we don't, I, I think what I'm hearing you say is that when we're not doing those things, uh, we're really not controlling our energy. We're letting it uh, control us negatively. Is that a fair statement? I think that it is, and I think it's even more than that, Steve. I think that instead of participate, it's like a, a a a a car, you know, running on two cylinders when there are six available. It's you know maybe we put the wrong gas in, maybe we haven't tuned it up. It's why are we not? taking a few minutes, stretching just a little bit farther. And I understand people are under pressure of time and deadlines. Mm -hmm. I do. But it doesn't take that much longer to sit down and really let your employee, your direct report, or your peers know that you're important here. And I want to hear what you have to say. Um, you know, do it, do it my way or do it better. But that's an aspirational thought, at least, mm -hmm. if somebody thinks, maybe I could do it better. And then, then I'll, I'll go to Elise and say, hey, I think I can do it better. There's an opportunity for me to really succeed here. Rather than, I am a cog in this wheel, and nobody cares about me, and I don't trust anybody in this organization. Wow, it's and study. we've all been there, haven't we? Yeah, and studies <laughs> show that most, the majority of people working in this country 
feel totally disengaged with upper management and the vision of the company. They don't have the trust in in their managers, and they don't have the trust in the companies. And that is one of the most important leadership qualities that everybody should be cultivating. And we all have time to do it. It just requires shifting the mindset into a level four or five kind of thing. What's the opportunity? How can I serve this person so they can serve the organization back? Well, I think it's a a wonderful topic. And I, I know that there have been many times in my career when I could have used this type of thought process where I could redirect. Uh, I was, uh, as you were talking uh, about that, what came to my mind was a situation which I think that a lot of people find themselves in. Uh, Back years ago, I found myself working with an individual that was very abusive. Uh, He was, he exhibited characteristics of a bully uh, over Mm -hmm. and over again. Uh, would, Would come into a room and would bully people, would rant and rave. And you could feel the energy being sucked out of every human being there, and including mm-hmm. myself. I mean, it, it, but it, it would get to the point where you'd watch people literally cower uh, because they just couldn't take it anymore. It was, it was so negative and so destructive that people could not stand it anymore. But uh, I wonder, I'm just interested in your opinion, because in hearing you, I think, you know, if I had my mind in the right place, then I I wonder how I could have helped uh, him if I had maybe said, you know, sir, uh, I can, uh, from your words today, I can tell that that you have uh, a lot of issues in front of you. There's a lot of negativism here. Could you help me understand how we can help you get through what you're experiencing right now to get to where we as a team need to be. Would that mm-hmm. have been something that would have been more positive than what I wanted to do, which was to get up out of my chair and knock the crap out of it? <laughs> I think we've all dealt with people like this. I think we have. Hopefully we haven't been that person. But, but I think we've all felt that way. And, you know, there are a variety. I think that's there are some very positive aspects about that. I know what I'm about what you just said. One thing I probably wouldn't do would be to judge him as negative um, in my initial framing of how I see the situation. I Good would probably refrain from putting that label around it. So you wouldn't call him an a-hole first. Uh, right. That, and, okay. I, and I All wouldn't right. say you're negative first. <laughs> Tapping into my level six here. That uh, okay, is all, good. Right. See, I'm I'm um, not I'm I'm not familiar with level six and seven very often. So I'm <laughs> I'm back back down here in the old real world where you get the crap kicked out of you. So I'm trying to get there, and I know my listeners are like me. They're struggling with this stuff each and every day because yes. they they got that that a hole of a boss or yeah. a person that walks in and you want to kill them. So I like your suggestion. Don't start negative. So. Uh, right. how, how could I say positively? Could I say uh, it's obvious, sir, that uh, you have the most incredible amount of negative energy that I've ever seen? Would that be positive enough? <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> I know better. <laughs> 
you know, so, and we're laughing, but a lot of this depends on who this person is on the org chart to yeah. you. If it is your boss, this is really tough. It is because tough. you are you are limited with the number with the, the amount of choices that you have be, because of your status in the in the company. So in that sense, I would make the suggestion of making sure we are harnessing our own internal energy and trying go. to depersonalize what is happening. This is not directly about me. This is what they are are demonstrating and they're demonstrating it to every Tom, Dick, Harry and Sue in this in this room. So mm-hmm. first of all, don't don't take it personally. And the second would be for me it'd be what is my opportunity here? In this that. situation, yeah, how can I positively affect this? Maybe it is rationalizing something about about how we're going to interact. Maybe I can somehow be in service. Maybe I can help us all to take a 20,000-foot view. Maybe I can reframe it and say, you know, Joe, can you, can you help us all understand what would be the best-case scenario if we just yeah. cut right to the end? What what is it that you are wanting us to achieve, and get out of the the bully energy and into the solution energy and start working on that lane as much as you can. I love um, that, Elise. I, I think yeah. it's very helpful. I, I think uh, the first thing that uh, I I know individually when I worked with this individual where I finally made the turn was I said, you know what, this is really not about me, it's about him. And right. so I did depersonalize it and I made the choice that his energy was no longer going to affect mine. There you go. And that once once that happened, I know he no longer had the power over me uh, because I didn't give it to him. I just simply said, you know, this is his issue, not mine. I'm going to be positive no matter what. And ultimately, it allowed me to understand what steps I needed to take in order to move forward. And in my case, it happened to be that, you know, I had to disconnect from uh, from that individual. I, it, the, the energy level was never going to be where I thrived. And I think people mm-hmm. have to understand where they thrive. And if you don't really understand how your own energy is being affected, then you don't make good decisions, do you? That is so true. Um, again, when we feel like we don't have a choice, that is, that is one of the worst places to be in. I, I love the way that you just walked us through how you handled that yourself. You stepped back from it and thought, I am not outsourcing my joy to this guy's hands. I am not going to let him have that power over me. He can, he can stand over there and bluster and yell and do everything, but I simply am going to emotionally step back from this. Once you do that... You're absolutely right. He cannot take your energy and your and your own ability to lead yourself from you. And I I coach so many people who want to outsource their ultimate joy, satisfaction, feelings about themselves to how other people respond to them. And when I work with people and get them to understand that it's an inside job 
it's an inside job. Otherwise, you're turning over everything that's precious to you for somebody else who doesn't even know they've been tasked with that job. <laughs> I just love it. I love it. The Inside Job by Elise Oxier. I love it. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Elise, uh, I know people are going to want to know how to get a part of that Inside Job. So why don't you share how people can connect with you? My website is gulfcoastcoaching.com. Gulfcoastcoaching.com. All right. Yeah. For those those yeah. of you that are exercising, uh, you look for the link directly in uh, this episode. And uh, go check out Elise and all of the great work that she's doing because I know that all of us, Elise, can use uh, an, a real help and a, an outline, a format, if you will, to understand how we can harness our own energy and our own power. Uh, as we come to a close of our little discussion today, uh, we'd like to give uh, action items here at Manager Mojo. I mean, after all, it's business, and people don't do stuff unless they get an action item. So sure. what would be your top one or two action items that you want people to, to really do today uh, that will help them with their own energy? Uh, if, if your listeners are interested in understanding a little bit more about other ways to, to lead, you make a very good point. It's a stressful uh, atmosphere out in the corporate world these days. And it seems impossible to take time to be able to do some of these more nuanced management techniques. Here's one thing people could immediately do. Buy the book, The Coaching Habit. The sub subtitle is Say Less, Ask More, and change the way you lead forever. The Love coaching it. habit, and it's by Michael Stanier or Stanier, S-T-A-N-I-E-R. He's got seven steps in there for all managers on how to really move the needle on your relationships with people that are reporting to you, as well as being able to get projects done effectively. That's something that people could immediately do that would help them out. And the other thing is to, to understand that everybody has a choice. As I'm being from Detroit, I love this quote. Henry Ford says, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you are right. Amen. And if people keep in the front of their mind that this really is up to me, and what is the next choice that I want to make regardless of what's happening in front of me and move in a mindfulness around cultivating that, that will help them greatly feel that they are more in control of their own lives and happiness. Well, Elise, those are great action items, and you've helped all of us uh, really energize ourselves today. My guest is Elise Oxier. Uh, she's the owner of Gulf Coast Coaching, and as you can tell, she's an expert on helping you understand your own energy and how to apply it in your leadership with your, within your company and within your career. Elise, thank you for your wisdom today, and we all wish you continued success, and we'll go check you out on your website. Sounds wonderful, Steve. Thanks again for having me on your show today. My pleasure.